puck is dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Conklin's pass, a shot, they score! Shankly Connor scores! What a stop by Hellebuck! Nikolai Ehlers off the faceoff! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Welcome to Ground Control, episode 138, and every time I hear another episode of Ground Control, I think back to, I think, the first time we did this, Jamie Thomas, way back when. I should say, 680 CJOB's Jamie Thomas and Paul Edmonds uh, joining us on this episode. Uh, Lots to come in it, Uh, a conversation with Scott O'Neill that you two guys had, and also I had a quick chat with Mason Appleton, who uh, signed a three-year contract with the Winnipeg Jets as well, avoiding arbitration, which is a big thing. A big summer for Mason Appleton, but we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But, Jamie, I always think back when I hear episode 138, I think Mm -hmm. back to the old office down in the basement and no sunlight. Yeah, it was just a few guys with some microphones, and now here we are in a podcast suite. It's really awesome when you think back on it. Uh, How's the summer been going so far for you? Uh, Really good, actually. And I I think about it's it's gone by really fast and we're after the jets uh, did not qualify for the playoffs it was a little bit of a drag there now it's starting to haul through here a little bit of business has been taken care of by kevin shovel day off clearly which is where you're going to get in here to momentarily but it's i'm looking forward to this year it's i mean i don't think it's, it could be said enough how quickly you want to get on to the next season and with the new coaching staff you're going to hear part of it here momentarily and um, some not so new faces, but some new faces coming in as well, and lots of opportunities coming up in training camp. So I can see why everybody's ready to get going here. Paul Edmonds, I assume you're you're kind of sharing that excitement, and really, I mean, Scott O'Neill is a guy that's been around this organization for for a while, you dating back to to the Manitoba Moose days. But uh, curious, just before we get into that conversation with him, uh, number one, how's your summer going? Two, uh, just thoughts that you were kind of left with coming out of that conversation. Summer's been great. I mean, it's probably lasted a little bit longer than most would like around, of course, Winnipeg, southern Manitoba, the the catchment of the Winnipeg Jets uh, region, if you will. Uh, But overall, I think there is an excitement about getting the last player signed and now where do the pieces fit in, the opportunity to return essentially the same team with some unfinished business from the standpoint they weren't very happy with the way things played out. I think you're going to see some young guys push up and into the lineup or have that opportunity. New coaching staff, so there'll be some new schemes. They'll play differently, you would presume. So there's all kinds of excitement about how this is all going to unroll from here but I think that now you're not worried about personnel everybody's signed sealed and delivered and from that standpoint I think it was interesting to talk with Scott Arneal because in the interview he does kind of disseminate how some of the roles are going to unfold for yes. the team and for the coaching staff and he he wasn't shy about saying okay I'm going to look after the defense and Brad Lauer is going to have the power play and I'll have the penalty kill but it's a collaborative effort so that's great, and I think there's an excitement there from the coaching staff, which should feed right through the players. And from that standpoint, when you all assemble in September, I think the fan base will be engaged and excited as well with what they see coming forth. And speaking of good signs, uh, you guys had that conversation with uh, with Scott O'Neill this morning, and Daniel Moss, the mastermind behind this podcast, uh, came upstairs uh, from that interview, and I remember some people were asking, well, how did it go? How did it go? He said... Mosser said it was it was good. I think they're still down there. So the good sign is you guys aren't getting kicked out of the coach's office just yet. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's because of Paul. <laughs> we're in a good we're in a good Street spot. Uh, mentioned uh, 
Paul did that uh, some business got done by Kevin Chevaldeoff. Of course, David Gustafson signs a two-year deal. We mentioned Mason Appleton. Leon Gavanka gets done. Pierre-Luc Dubois also done a little bit earlier. So all the RFAs that um, Kevin Chevaldeoff had to get done uh, during this offseason are done. So we'll definitely keep an eye on uh, if anything else comes to comes to pass. Of course, WinnipegJets.com is the place to go. But we've teased it long enough. Here is the conversation between Scott O'Neill, Jamie Thomas, and Paul Edmonds. The new quarter season ticket plans offer exclusive benefits. Savings on ticket prices, discounts on merchandise, and access to season ticket holder events. Choose the pack that suits you and see the games you want to see. Well, good day again, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, as it's known, of course, as Ground Control, and we are with a special guest today, Paul Edmonds, Jamie Thomas with you, and new associate coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Scott Arneal. I guess I don't have to welcome you to Winnipeg because you've been living here since you played here, so just a a thought on now joining the the coaching staff of the Winnipeg Jets. Scott, and welcome, by the way. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, one gigantic circle uh, that took a long time to to happen I think that it, you know for me it's happened a couple times but going back to 1981 when I came here as a 18 year old kid with the uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and then to come back now uh, so many years later uh, this is just a humbling you know great honor for me and my family to be back in uh, back in this position. You were with the Washington Capitals as an assistant coach for the last four years and then so how does this opportunity come about with Rick Bonus, who by the way you played for back in the yeah. 80s as you mentioned. Yeah, played with, played yeah. for a couple times. Yeah, but uh, no, it was uh, obviously everybody knows what happened here with Wash, uh, with Winnipeg with their coaching scenario. And so, I mean, I have interviewed in other places and uh, over the years, and you know, tried to get my uh, myself back in as a head coach. And uh, like uh, any other job, I prepared myself for this one once I did see that it was available, and you know, a guy had permission from uh, Washington, Brian McClellan, and uh, got in line like everybody else and. You know, did my my process of interviewing, and uh, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, the job went to Rick, and you know, they they contacted me about being working with Rick and being associate, and you know, Rick and I have a great history, a great friendship, and it was an easy decision and to come back to Winnipeg permanently and not have to pack up my stuff at the end of August and move on down the road some other city. This is awesome to be uh, be able to stay here. Was it kind of always the plan or in, in the back of your head after you retired that someday you wanted to coach her, especially when the team came back? Yeah, I mean, I had the chance with, you know, with the Moose, and that was yeah. awesome and kind of got me rolling as a coach. And, uh, you know, but once the Jets came back, there was always that up, you know, that uh, wish or that dream to maybe if there's an opportunity. But, you know, things that just never had worked out uh, for myself or for the Jets. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, they had, they're changing coaches every other year or anything like that. So it was just uh, just being patient, wait to see what happens. Um, there's also timing for everything. I mean, my contract was up in Washington, and it's not as easy as I think just to be able to jump from one team to another. And so this just ended up being a great scenario for uh, – for myself and uh, ended up being, you know, working out for, uh, with the with the Jets as well, timing everything. So it's perfect. What does it mean? I mean, it's one thing to play here, another thing to coach here. But how would you explain to people what it's like to be a Winnipegger? Yeah, it's uh, it's I've I've have become one. I've probably spent more time here than I have in from my hometown of Kingston. So, um, you know, I, you know, I, I met my wife here. Uh, a long time ago, we spent uh, you know all our off seasons here, you know, predominantly uh, you know, and especially the last 15, 15, 20 years. So, um, 
you know what? It just uh, I grew up, grew in, you know, really grew to like this uh, city, the people, um, you know, the province. There's lots to do. I love the summers. I'm not going to talk too much about the winters, but I do love the summers. Um, just love the area, and it uh, it's became second home now. Obviously, first home. My kids grew up here, and um, yeah, so lots of family around, and it just uh, it's just become uh, you know a great place for us to live. So let's talk a little bit about that family element because we always talk about the the player moving along and or the coach or in the case of yourself this sort of vagabond lifestyle that you've had but your family stays here so just how difficult was that and how excited is your family for this yeah. opportunity more over just yourself yeah uh well my honeydew list got a little bit bigger knowing <laughs> that i'm going to be around a little bit more but uh no it's uh you know what, COVID really, I know it's been, you know, hard on everybody, but it really sort of struck us uh, just for the fact of trying to get across the border and my wife getting stuck here, uh, me not being able to come back this way. Uh, you know, just the amount of time that we used to be together, it really got chopped way down. And to see my kids uh, became a lot more difficult. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just had a granddaughter, so that's all the more excitement for me being real close to these guys. And uh, it, it, it's difficult for everybody. And, um, you know, I'd, it's just something we had done over the years, and it's just it's worked for us uh, as a family having, you know, not packing up and everybody and moving to whatever city that may be uh, to work and then turn around in a year or two or three later and packing up and doing it again. So we've always kept Winnipeg as home base. and. Uh, sort of worked ourselves around it and it, and it's worked out well but this is even better this uh this takes us to a whole new level you know, talked about the friendship that you have with rick how, yeah. how important is that to have that relationship already with a guy that you're going to be working with every day uh, behind the bench yeah you know what uh i i went to new york with the rangers with elaine vino and so i had some familiarity with him through you know canucks and the moose uh but then i went to washington and i was out of left field i got called by them Todd Reardon and I didn't know anybody and it was uh, and they had just come off their cup win and didn't know any of the staff and it was uh, you know it was uh, it, it felt I felt like a kid it felt like a rookie and trying to figure out personalities and just how these guys work it took me a while to really get going but with Rick we've you know from even you know from the coaching days you know way, way back uh, but just uh, having our uh, him being in Vancouver when I was here with the Moose we know each other we, we know how we kind of want to play and I know how he likes his teams to play we've communicated over the last few years uh, while he was being head coach in Dallas I mean we've talked lots and then just for it to kind of evolve the way it has uh, our phone calls have been you know have been real easy in the sense of style of play you know our mentality about uh, how we approach day-to-day -day business uh, with our players with uh, the team as a whole and uh, yeah, we're right along the same lines, and um, I'm excited that, uh, you know, I kind of have a – he's a friend, but it's also somebody that's got great experience uh, to help me as well. Associate coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Scott O'Neill, is our guest here on Ground Control, an interview with Paul Edmonds along with Jamie Thomas. So I mentioned associate coach. Describe the distinction between what was an assistant coach and now the added element of responsibility as an associate coach, Scott. Yeah, there is. It's – when we're all sitting in this coach's, uh, coach's office and we're all together here, it'll be Brad Lauer, Marty Johnson, there's uh, Wade Flaherty. There's no difference. We're just, you know, we're five, six guys working together. Obviously, Rick 
Rick has the trump card. He lays it down, and uh, you know his decision at the end is probably the one that uh, wins out. But uh, at the end of the day, it's probably just a little bit, like you said, a little bit more responsibility of making sure that um, you know I'm helping Rick uh, stay ahead of things. You know, whether it's like right now this summer about setting up camp, about just kind of getting uh, looking after some things that maybe he doesn't have to you know, really have to be involved with right yet. And um, during the course of the season, maybe, you know, it's just a few more details, maybe talking a little bit more, whether it's the media, whether it's, you know, with the team itself, uh, just a little, a little bit more responsibility. It's something I'd done with the Rangers as well, and it's not a big difference, um, you know, so it's just something that uh, it's a little bit of a title, but at the end of the day, it's also uh, a touch more responsibility than what maybe, maybe I had in the past. Marty has long experience in the American Hockey League with the Manitoba Moose. Brad has had extensive experience with the Western Hockey League's Edmonton Oil Kings. What does that kind of, what do they bring to the table with their knowledge of the younger player to the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, uh, Marty, who I didn't know, uh, first time meeting him here uh, when he got hired, uh, ball of energy. Uh, man, he, he's, I'm excited to work with him. He's uh, so keen to get... Uh, Get his hands. He's calling me or texting me. What do, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, we're still in, we're still in the summer months. We're you know it's September 21st, so that we need to be focused. But anyways, he's been awesome. Uh, just a real good uh, young, uh, aspiring young uh, coach. And um, you know, with Laos, uh, you know, he's uh, he's been in the NHL. He's he's worked uh, power plays in the NHL. He's dealt with you know, especially Tampa with some elite players. Um, so. Um, he's a good voice that can walk into that room, into his meetings, and these guys will, will respect him. And certainly what he did in Edmonton the last couple of years, uh, you know, with their team going to the Memorial Cup. Um, he's a, you know, he's got a good resume as a coach, and um, we're hoping that, you know, all of us together, uh, this team will, you know, kind of, you know, see that we know what we're talking about and, you know, and kind of buy, buy into, you know, some of the stuff we're trying to throw at them each day. You retired in uh, 1999. Same year Gretzky did as well. I don't know if that was planned. <laughs> but then perfect you know, timing. You moved into the coaching ranks, yeah, and you had Gretz. some. I called Gretz and asked. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Is no? it okay? <laughs> <laughs> then you moved into the coaching ranks, and you had uh, some really great years here as the Manitoba Moose head coach. In fact, you got all the way to the Calder Cup final and lost to Hershey, uh, yeah. ironically, Washington's farm team. And then you moved on to Columbus, and then you've been in the NHL ever since. Um, so how have you evolved as a coach since going back to the last time you were behind the bench on the home side here in Winnipeg? Oh, wow, yeah. You know, uh, if you're not, if you're not uh, adapting and learning and, and not so much changing, but if you're not changing as the league changes, you're going to get sort of left behind, and that's one thing that – I've really tried to do. It's been great that I've worked with some great coaches, not just the head guys, assistant guys, video guys. Um, this game is forever evolving, whether it's moving into analytics side of things or just the player themselves, uh, the personalities, the way uh, just the, how guys approach the game from now, how uh, maybe what they did five years ago or ten years ago. It's a, it's a different animal at times. And so um, I, I just feel like I've grown so much and, you know, I've – uh, you know, that's every year I want to get better. And it's why I like to sit down with a Marty, Marty Johnson and listen to him, what he has to say about the game, you know, how, what he's thinking about, uh, because he's a lot younger and he may see things a lot different than I do. And, um, you know, Rick and I can, are kind of old guys, so to speak, that have done it way back in the, and been around the old style. Um, you know, so now it's great in the, sort of the new era. And, you know, I've had some great experiences in Washington, certainly with some elite players and elite coaches to, to help me get better and groom my, uh, my sort of uh, 
my work and what I need to do to be good every day. You go into Washington and you mentioned you felt like a rookie. Every time you go into a new dressing room as a coach in the NHL, how do you kind of establish yourself or introduce yourself to the players that you're going to be coaching that year? Yeah, it starts in the summer. I did right. it I did it three weeks ago. I sent a text out to every single player and asked them to call me, and I've talked to everybody. I do have, I think, one or two young guys that I'm still trying to track. But um, for me, it's first and foremost is building a relationship. Um, you know, I'm telling them about myself, my family, where I kind of live, what I do. But listen to them about where they live, you know, are they married, they got kids, uh, you know, and it's a lot of them I'll, I'll know a little bit of their background. I'll, you know, obviously take a look at it before, but it's just a, it's just a friendly conversation. And, um, and then it becomes, it's kind of neat is that I did this three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, and I'm getting texts from guys now about certain things and, you know, just, uh, you know, just little questions maybe about training camp or just, uh, you know, I, you know, with uh, Appleton getting married, you know, and getting the contract, you know, just sent him a note and congratulating him and how excited he was for that to be finally done, both of them, in <laughs> both situations, <laughs> but, but how happy he is, you know. It's just, it's, so it's just trying to do that, you know, and it's what I did when I went to Washington with Ovi and Carlson and Backstrom. And they're guys, these guys are human. They're all human, and they, you know what, they, they, they need us and we need them to all have success, and so most of the guys have res responded uh, tremendously. Jets associate coach Scott O'Neill is our guest on our podcast here. Ground control, Paul Evans, Jamie Thomas with you. A couple more for you. So in kind of extrapolating that, what kind of team do you have? What do you oh, think of your I'm team? I'm excited about this team. You know, it, it, it's funny because I like everyone from the outside looking in, you know, a year ago, everybody was talking about this team as a, you know, a Stanley Cup contender. And I don't think the team has changed that much. Um, coming from the scouting, pre-scout Washington playing Winnipeg, elite goaltender, one of the top four or five in the league, and that's a hard thing to say in this in this day and age. I went lived this in Washington the last couple of years when it comes to goaltending. Teams have it, and then there's a lot of teams that don't, and there's a lot more that don't have it. And Winnipeg has that in, in Hellebuck, and now with Riddich coming in, hopefully be a great one-two punch. But uh, a real mobile defense, big defense, uh, you know, at, at a puck moving defense, um, and then just the offense that comes from the front end. Like it's uh, you know Connor leading the way with Shifley, you know Wheeler. There's some great people up front that can score goals, that can create offense, and you know you always you know you hear teams all the time talk about oh we're trying to find more offense in our game, we're trying to find that player to improve our power play. It's for us we've we've got to get better without the puck, and that to me is a is a simple not 100. You know it's not a Easy, easy thing, but it's something that's a lot easier than trying to score goals. And I think as a collectively, as coaches and a team, we if we do that, we'll be uh, we can put ourselves right back in the running. I like the underdog side of the field to it right now. Um, however, people want to kind of look at us, but that's fine. We have to earn everything we need from this point forward. And I know the players were disappointed. Just talking to them all, they're disappointed about what happened last year, and and they're eager a lot of these guys have been skating here already for a month and a half and you know it's been a long summer for them and they're excited to get back here and sort of with all the changes that have happened uh, you know with the staff the coaching staff and stuff so it'll be uh, I'm excited about this team and I do like this team a lot and that's not just because I'm on the coaching staff this is a team that uh, it is it is well respected within the hockey uh, hockey groups around the league it's a long time until October 14th, but I mean, walking out on that bench the first time as, yeah. a, as a coaching member of the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff, you kind of come home. Have you thought about that yeah, at all? Yeah, I have a few times. I know I'm going to be nervous, even though it's 
what am I in here? I'm 24 years coaching or something. It's just, I, I still will be. It's just always the way it is, I think. But uh, even as a visitor coming, you know, to be on the visiting side was exciting and fun. But uh, to come back and be on the home side, that's uh, that'll be special. Last one for me, um, your role. Are you a penalty kill guy? Are you going to be the power play? I know that you talked about working collaboratively with all of the coaches, but you know, do you have a kind of a defined element to your job on one of the aspects of yeah. the game? Yeah, we've all, yeah, we've all, this has all been kind of discussed and what we've been talking about. So, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be running the defense and the penalty kill. Uh, and uh, Brad Lauer will be doing the power play. And then Marty's going to do, he'll help with some of the power play, but he'll be doing a lot of our five on five presentations, our uh, breaking down the opposition and sort of Rick oversees everything. But I, the one thing about Rick, uh, I know that, and it's what he did in Dallas. He'll want to be a part of the defense. I work with the forwards. I'll want to. I'll be a part of that in practice. Uh, we'll be all kind of having our hands in different pieces of the pie. I did the power play in New York. Uh, you know, the penalty kill in Washington. So it'll be just be all of us uh, working together, and not zeroing in on one person only being one job description. It'll be kind of helping each other in all different areas. Another thing happening in October: a special ceremony coming up outside of the building and yeah. in True North Square out. What will that day be like for you, your family, and the Howard Chuck family when Dale's statue yeah, is unveiled? I'm so happy that I could be here. You know, it would have been, I probably wouldn't have been able to pull it off to come and be here for that ceremony. And uh, uh, I've heard from Crystal and actually I've heard from um, uh, Dana's, uh, Dale's sister, and how excited they are and how much they're looking forward to that uh, sort of that weekend. And um, it'll be special, uh, bring, bring, bring back great memories. And you know what, we've kind of dealt with the, uh, sort of the, the grievance sad side of things and now this is the you know celebrate his life and what he what he the achievements that he did and that's what he would want and so excited to, to see that go up interesting this is the follow-up to that because I had kind of written that down too Scott I mean you become kind of the conduit between the city and the Howard Chuck family in a lot of ways and I think that that's kind of a role that you've embraced here am I correct in that uh yeah I mean I I, I I'm not taking any away from everybody else that knows Dale and has a relationship with Dale and you know whether it's Chipper or whether it's Zinger every everybody I mean even his son Eric who's done a lot uh, for his uh, charity and stuff it's just we had a relationship that went back to when we were 16 years old played junior everyone had you know had success as kids and came here together and so that's it's an easy thing for me to talk about Dale because he's it's, you know we had spent so much time together and we're so close so it's uh you know, if that's what it's become, I'm not. It's not something that upsets me. I'm glad that it's. Uh, I can talk about him because I enjoy talking about uh, his accomplishments. We've enjoyed talking to you. Thanks very much <laughs> for your time, and uh, I know it's with great excitement. Uh, people that know you from the city here for all the years that you've been here, all the decades that you've been here, are very happy that you've gotten this job. And uh, congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. It's an it's an honor to be back, and I'm so excited to get going again here. And that was Scott O'Neill, part of the new uh, coaching staff of the Winnipeg Jets. That, of course, includes Rick Bonus, Brad Lauer, and Marty Johnston as well. Looking forward to getting the season started. Another person looking forward to getting the season started is Mason Appleton. He put his name on a three-year contract, avoiding arbitration, which is always a good thing, I think, for, for both organization, for player. Just means you're able to come to an agreement uh, before you, you need to get uh, anyone else involved in it. So Mason Appleton going to be a Winnipeg Jet for the next three seasons. At least we talked to him on Ground Control. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com.
Hi, this is Mason Appleton, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Pleased to be joined on the Ground Control podcast by Winnipeg Jets forward Mason Appleton. Obviously, fresh off a three-year contract, getting pen to paper on that. But you also put pen to paper on, I guess, is it a marriage contract? I don't even know what it is anymore, Mason. But uh, first, before we get to the contract, how was the wedding? You and Sydney tied the knot not too long ago. Yeah, wedding was a blast. Uh, up north at the lake house, it was uh, you know a great spot right on the beach, right next to the water. We had a nice tent set up there, and you know the weather co- cooperated. Thank God, because else that might have got a little ugly. But uh, yeah, it was a it was an unbelievable night, and uh, we're very excited. Spectacular suit, by the way. Did you pick that color, or was it uh, was it her input? How did that one come together? Funny thing is, we were actually arguing about that last night on who picked that. <laughs> uh, I I think. A little bit of both, we'll call it. All right, yeah. there you go. Uh, big summer of Jets weddings as well, like Josh Morrissey, Nate Schmidt, Neil Pionk, yourself. Uh, did you earn the invites to any of those other ones? I know I was talking talking to Adam Lauer after he got back from the Worlds, and he said he had he had three of them to get to, so it was going to kind of be a, a summer of weddings for him. What about you? Yeah, I was I was only able to go to Pionk's. Uh, you know, I couldn't make I couldn't make Morrissey's. Uh, you know, I was just kind of busy with setting up for our and getting all of our stuff ready. But, uh, you know, I wish I could have been there, but yeah, Pianx was a blast and yeah, it's always fun to see the boys at, uh, different weddings throughout the summer and kind of let loose a little bit together. No kidding. Sliding over to, uh, to the contract, obviously you had an arbitration date that was set, but uh, I think whenever a contract's reached before arbitration, I think both sides, player and team alike are, are happy when it's done for you. Uh, when did you kind of get a sense that this might be something that gets done before arbitration? And then when it, when it was done, was it kind of a sense of relief for you? Yeah, I think, you know, probably last week, Friday, uh, maybe a day before it was actually done is when I kind of felt that things finally started moving along. You know, there were some phone calls back and forth here and there, but it didn't get uh, too serious until, you know, closer to the, the weekend. And then from there, I think it was a, ton of calls back and forth and uh you know both sides kind of wanted to get something done before I went to ARB because you know that can kind of fracture a relationship a little bit so uh obviously we were both happy to get it done uh and it's you know it came together pretty quick once we once we got pretty close on on the numbers and the term and then you know I think we're I think we're all happy and I would say Jets fans are happy to have you back. Obviously, coming back uh, the trade deadline from from Seattle last year, you're at 206 NHL games now. How different of a player are you than the one that came into the NHL all those games ago? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously your game evolves and this and that, but I think uh, you know the basis of my game and what what got me to the NHL, I think, is a lot the same. Uh, you know, it's working hard at uh, both ends of the ice, being reliable, and then. You know, obviously in the minors, I was more allowed on offensively and scoring and that type of thing, where now I'm a bit more of uh, in a defensive role sometimes. And, you know, I think that's a role that, you know, me and Lowry kind of flourish, flourish in playing together, uh, really take on that challenge when you got a match against the top line. And that's something we love to do. And then, you know, you, you chip in offense when you can. But I think confidence is another thing that's really grown along the way. Uh, to say you're you're stepping in your first game confident would just be a lie. I, I don't know if anybody's really done that. So, uh that's something you build over time and you build with hard work in the summers and throughout the season. So uh, mentally I'm a, I'm a much different uh, player in person than I was, uh, you know, four years ago. It's going to be a different group uh, behind the bench when, when you get back uh, to training camp here in Winnipeg. Um, Just curious, just kind of the mood maybe about uh, 
both the guys obviously at weddings you guys are having a great time and and probably not thinking too much about hockey which is how the offseason should be spent but a lot of talk at the end of last year about coming back with a chip on your shoulder now of course you weren't here for all of last season but still you were there at the tail end uh clearly that was a group that had bigger aspirations than how it ended would you say that it's going to kind of be a motivated group coming in and then some added uh i guess inspiration with the new uh group of coaches behind the bench yeah a hundred percent uh I think we all felt like we fell short last year. Uh, you know, anything that doesn't make the playoffs is going to feel that way. But, you know, there's some teams that you're on, you know, you're not a playoff team. And, and that feel wasn't there last year. We, we felt that we significantly underachieved. And, you know, I think everybody can attest to that. So I think you, you can't not have a chip on your shoulder coming back because also you're not a competitor. I mean, what, what the hell are you doing if you'd rather just miss the playoffs every year? You know, you're going to you're going to be out of the league and your career is going to be done before before it even gets rolling. So I think, I think we're all pissed off and we all got our sour taste in our mouth. As much as you want to put that year behind you, you know, you got to remember that, that you, you weren't a playoff team and you weren't good enough last year. So I think we're all, we're all motivated to be better. And we all, we all want to get back to where we were, you know, two or three years before that. So I think, uh, I think the mindset's definitely different. Uh, you, you want to have that desperate mindset the whole season, uh, to the right extent. And, you know, the new coaching staff is feeling the same way. Uh, you know, bones, it's, it's not a job he would have took if he didn't believe in this team with uh, given at, given where he's at in his career. So I think that he believes in this team as well. So I think, you know, we're all kind of on the same page knowing that there's a lot more for this team to have. And I think we're going to go get that this year. What does the uh, rest of the summer look like for you here? Yeah, a little bit more relaxing than these last, these last <laughs> two weeks. Probably the craziest 10 days I've had maybe forever, but yeah, uh, yeah just, you know, some, some good training and uh, spending some, uh, spending some time spending some time up at the at, at the lake as well and just enjoying the last couple of weeks with family I think you know this this these summers go fast and before we know it, we'll be back in Winnipeg but uh yeah right now just kind of hanging out and training and last one for you as someone from Wisconsin I do have to ask do you plan to show up to training camp in a similar fashion to Aaron Rodgers at Packers training camp <laughs> very con air of you <laughs> that was hilarious uh that that was pretty that was pretty on par for rogers though uh <laughs> i don't think that's my vibe but uh you know you never know i guess awesome well thanks very much mason congrats on the contract congrats on uh being married very recently here and i look forward to seeing you at training camp all right thank you good chatting big thanks to both mason appleton and scott arneal for taking the time in the off season to talk a little hockey as we get closer to uh the nhl season getting underway and training camp getting underway which Guys, is already next month. <laughs> next Unreal. month. Yeah. But as Paul said, it's, it's gone. This, this summer's gone on long enough. We're never going to wish away a Manitoba summer. But, uh, you know, when training camp gets going, I mean, that first day of camp is always so exciting just in terms of everybody's back, everybody's on the ice, and you start getting into that grind of the season that I think we all love so much, Jamie. Yeah, and, and there's nothing like, you know, leaving. It's still warm outside, obviously, in September, but it's great walking to the iceplex and hearing the puck slam off the boards, the, the loud noises once again going through our lives and seeing our uh, our peers in the media business uh, always puts a smile on my face as we gather with those who we spend so much time with. There's a there's a presence of a genesis of when everybody assembles on the ice. Mm. That it's the official start of the new season. And with that breeds eternal optimism. Yes. And I think that there's a lot to be excited about based on the fact that this team is essentially the same team as I talked about, but with different wrinkles to it. And then you're going to see how all of the lines shake down and who is going to fight for some of those positions 
um, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 on the forward core, 5, 6, 7 on the defensive core, and then David Riddick and how he's going to kind of complement Connor Hellebuck in goal. So all kinds of questions, all kinds of theories, all kinds of speculation, but that's part of training camp, and I think that's the part that really excites people to see how it all shakes down before they drop the puck into the exhibition schedule, and then, of course, into October when the new season begins person I'm going to have my eye on among many is David Gustafson a guy that you know obviously has just signed a two-year deal but throughout uh, last NHL season had a couple of chances to try to seize that roster spot only to get hurt in the first shift so you want to talk about a guy coming in motivated he's one of them and at the end of last season we heard a lot of Jets talk about coming back with a chip on their shoulder so Man, I can't wait for it to start. Good to talk a little bit of hockey with you guys as well, Scott O'Neill and Mason Appleton. Thanks for joining us on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. We'll see you soon. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. Proceed, we're able.